Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. In an attempt to create more of a community, we are branching out and taking our Q&A episodes and the American Glutton Social Club to Patreon. You'll still find us here every week, but for an ad-free bonus episode, we're inviting you to join us on Patreon to have more interaction, less of me talking at you, and more of me talking with you. The bonus content will start rolling out February 10th, but you don't have to wait. You can join today for extra episodes, discounts, and so much more. I can't believe my wife has convinced me to do this. So go find me at American Glutton on Patreon. This is an episode we recorded almost two years ago, but it is a concept that comes up for me weekly, if not daily. Kill your clone. For those of you who have already listened, consider it a refresher. And for anyone who is not, I envy the treat that is in store for you. I give you Kill Your Clone with Tom Kyer. I'm really excited about today's episode. I had the pleasure of playing a character based on our guest tonight. That character was the character D in the television show Chance that was on Hulu for a couple of years. D was loosely modeled after Tom Kyer. The writer of the book, Kem Nunn, had met Tom and was utterly captivated by him and basically used him as a major influence on this book because Tom is so interesting. U.S. SOCOM considers him to be a subject matter expert in edged weapons. He holds the title Tuhan in the Sayakali martial arts system, a system that was developed by Pamana Tuhan, Chris Sayak. A huge part of his training is in mindset. And having had lots of conversations with him about this, I thought that um, it would be an appropriate talk for the podcast. Tom, welcome to American Glutton. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I really think that anyone with any kind of goal can benefit from some of the concepts you and I have talked about, specifically your ideas on mindset, your ideas on thoughts, words, deeds. I think willingness is a big thing. Like you've covered a lot of topics that resonated with me that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. I guess, first of all, where did these ideas for you come from? Well, I train combatives. I teach people how to become more capable in a violent encounter or overcome very life-threatening, uh, stressful situations, perform better under stress. That's really my job, right? So over the years, we've looked at what allows someone to excel in those tough situations, how to 
maybe cover things that they would think is impossible. Like, how am I going to do this? If I'm in this situation, how am I going to succeed? That's what we specialize in. And we realize that the physical attributes that you need are definitely there, definitely something that needs to be trained. But more important than anything is mindset. It's the first thing that we need to get under control. You can actually have defaults in other areas. If your mindset's strong enough, you can find ways to make it work, uh, whatever the situation is that you're in. So it really became something that we focused on, became something that we knew obviously was important. And there are formulas for strengthening the mindset, just like there's formulas for strengthening the body. There's ways to work out, make your body stronger. There's ways to work out and make your mind stronger. Your mind really can be broken into your emotional side and your logical side. And they're looked at differently. You know, the the mindset is what we can probably talk about today and will have some benefit, some application for whatever you're trying to overcome. It doesn't have to be a violent encounter. You know, it can be any challenge that you have in front of you and you need to find a way to succeed. Right. And I know even for myself, huge periods of the past where I would have a goal, be on the path towards that goal and become derailed and feel somewhat helpless about now the goal is no longer like just getting back on the path is my new goal. And that's become insurmountable. And, and I've found a lot of our conversations help me to kind of pull everything apart and look at it in a different way. So I, yes, I, I think whether it's a violent encounter or whatever the goal is, I think that is kind of irrelevant. If you're having trouble with a goal, right. it's important. Mindset is important. Yeah. There are universals. There's universal for overcoming any challenge. So there are some very simple models, mental models that we have, uh, visualizations uh, that refocus our mind, refocus the way we think about any problem, any challenge, any situation that we may be involved in. Refocusing the mind is part of mindset. Mindset is just by the way, a good definition for it. A lot of people think mindset is, uh, they limit it to being positive about something or, you know, to me, a very childish idea. Mindset is just how you think about things, period. Right. How I think about things is my mindset. How do I think about overcoming challenges or obstacles? So some of the models that we use for visualization, sometimes explaining an understanding of the process is enough for anyone to do it. They just don't know the parameters. Where's my right and left boundary? What does this really mean? Give me an idea of, of the concept in a simple visualization allows you to, on your own, find the mechanism overcoming the obstacles. You mentioned uh, thoughts, words, deeds, uh, kill your clone, some of these are just simple mental models, and I'll share some with you. They're not long. They're simple. Uh, it's very important that you have a clear visualization. When we are talking about these things, the clearer your visualization of the parts of these models. We start off with Kill Your Clone, if that's something yeah, that you want. Yeah, I know. love Kill Your Clone. So it is a, uh, let's say, it is for incremental improvement, you know, and, and that's really you know, when they say even a journey of 10,000 miles begins with one step, these are simple ways to get people to understand, hey, it's an incremental movement, piece by piece, you'll put it together, and then you'll get to your goal. Well, kill your clone is a similar thing to that. Obviously, we, we teach combatives. So a lot of our models will be based in some type of combative visualization. So we say, imagine for a moment that every night at midnight, you meet a clone of yourself from 24 hours in the past. He is an exact replica of you 24 hours ago. And you will meet him at midnight and you will fight him to the death. If you are one thousandth of one percent more capable in any area, if you're stronger physically, if your skills are, are more developed, if you're stronger emotionally, more determined, more clearer in your focus, you will win. And you will kill your clone. And every single night, you must do this. So the question is, what have you done today to kill your clone? Right. Because you're going to fight him tonight. And either you're going to die or he's going to die. Throughout the day, you say, what have I done to kill my clone? Have I become stronger in some way? Have I become more focused? Is my understanding of something 
And if you look at it like that, there's a real need to do something, even if it's small. And that's the thing that sometimes helps people overcome something. They see a problem as so big that they can't handle it, that they, you know, it's too big to take a bite out of. It's it's, it's too, too uh, overwhelming. But you don't think of it like that. You think about it one minute at a time, one second at a time, one day at a time, whatever you, you can do. So we take one day at a time, kill your clone, 24-hour clone. All you need to do is any small improvement in, in yourself as, as far as your capability, and you will kill your clone, and every day you have to do that. So, you know, do you have to do these incredible PRs in the gym and, and um, you know, five hours on the range and, you know, doing your, your template work and your drill work and all that stuff. No, you need to have incremental improvement every day. That's all. And, and over time you'll have killed, you know, thousands of clones and you'll be a better person. Right. And that's applicable to any goal you're working towards. As long as you improve yourself in some way. And you said it could be as little as one, one thousandth of a percent. Right. You win. So it's steady progression. It's steady pressure. Looking at where are the areas where I can make an improvement? Go ahead, go after that. Not every day. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day. But there needs to be some small incremental improvement in your capability. Before you know it, you will be very skilled at what you do if you take on that type of, of attitude. So that's just one of the models. And the good thing about these mental models or these visualizations or analogies, however you want to put it, is uh, it gives us a language to talk, uh, this is a concept that, you know, you take a couple minutes to explain it, but I can walk by someone else who trains with me and go, how are you doing today? He's killed my clone today. I'm like, good for you. Boom, that's it, in the hallway. You know, it's a language that you can begin to talk in, in concepts that are powerful, but it's the, the language is very easy. I kill my clone every day. And that's it. I, I, I talk to someone else who, who trains with us, and that whole concept is, is completely conveyed in that quick little statement so um and we have a number of things like this so you know we talk about uh bad habits and good habits yeah you know we talk about thoughts words and deeds it's a big thing now this is something that we uh, a concept that we have borrowed from uh the buddha a lot of different writings historically from that type of philosophy either directly from the buddha or from a uh, disciple or, or a student of the buddha but the idea is thoughts, words, deeds, habit, and character. And that's the chain of events that happens. And uh, bad habits and good habits, or bad character and good character, character that you desire and character you'd like to change, follows that chain. So everything starts with a thought. If you think about something long enough and it occupies your brain, your thoughts, long enough, it will begin to seep out and be found in your language. The type of language you use, the things that you choose to talk about or not talk about, can be. you can see how someone thinks by the choice that they have in words. And it's now manifesting itself in the physical world. So that thought now has become something in the physical world through words. And it doesn't stop there, because if you talk about something enough, it's easier for you to find a way to do it. And if you do something once, it's easier for you to do it again. And if you do something over and over again, it becomes a habit. And habits harden into character. Your character as a human being, as a person, is a collection of habits that you have, many different habits, but they have collected to become who you are. And if you think about who you are, you're just a collection of habits. So this can go in either direction. If, if I want to have a good habit or a good character, I want to think about that thing. I want to talk about that with everyone who will listen to me. And then I want to find a way to execute, to do that thing at least one time. But after you do it once, you'll be able to do it again and then do it over and over again. And when you do it over and over again, it will unconsciously become part of your character. And we can go the other way too. Like if you suppose you didn't want to be a smoker, you're a smoker. I don't want to smoke. I want to quit smoking. Okay, great. Here's the thing. Stop smoking cigarettes, plural. Like, stop smoking packs of cigarettes. If you can get it down to one cigarette, that'd be fine. 
But you can go from 100 to 10 to 1. Stop smoking one a day, but then don't talk about them. Because I always hear people who are quitted, like, oh, yeah, I quit smoking. And they want to talk to you about smoking and how, oh, yeah, after a meal, I always like to have a cigarette. And, um, oh, I'd love to have a cigarette right now. I can tell you that that person is going to start smoking again because they're talking about it. They're talking about it. They're thinking about it. If they do that enough, they're going to have one. I'll just have one. I have a cigarette. Give me a drag off your cigarette. And pretty soon they're smoking again. So you want to go backwards from that and you want to say, stop talking about cigarettes. I don't want to hear about your cigarettes. I don't want to hear that you used to have cigarettes after dinner and all that. Shut up. In fact, every time that comes into your head that you're thinking about cigarettes, I want you to consciously change the channel. As soon as a cigarette pops into your head, think about something else. And you can preset that. You can Figure out what you're going to think about. Every time that happens, you think about something else. Just have a different thought ready to go. Ready to go. And and the thought of a cigarette triggers this. You don't spend any time sitting around thinking about it. You certainly don't spend any time talking about it. You don't smoke a cigarette or a drag of a cigarette. And then you don't smoke two. And you don't smoke many. And then you're, you're, you're not a smoker. You know what I mean? So we, we can go either way with this chain. But you can't really jump spots, right? Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. If we're saying the bad habit is ingrained. Yeah. So with thoughts, words, deeds, you're saying pick one cigarette that day and don't smoke that one. And mm-hmm. that's the beginning point. Correct. So it's not, don't try to tackle the whole day yet. If you're a pack a day smoker. That's right. Take one that you're going to smoke mm-hmm. and don't smoke that and begin th- there. Yes. Okay. That's- and then you incrementally... Because that's the same way you built, you know, you don't start smoking by smoking three packs a day. It's the same thing going the other direction. And if you do that, it's a goal that is realistic, right? Because so many people take goals and they try to cold turkey whatever they're going to do, or they they really set them. It's it's easy to, to talk about goals, right? So they'll talk big and they'll say, oh, I'm going to quit smoking. And they grab their cigarettes, they throw them out the window. Then they go buy and pack two days later, you know. So they set themselves up for failure is what is what they did. Right. And do you think that that's a function of not setting a realistic goal, not being realistic with yourself, yep. or just not having a total plan? It's a combination of all that. So when you look at it, part of you definitely wants to stop smoking, for sure, or else you wouldn't even say it. But what part of you? Is it, is it the dominant part? Is it a part that gets pushed aside by another part that wants to smoke? And that could be with anything, you know, whether it's eating, smoking, any kind of habit that you want to change. You yeah, know. we talked about the thousand eyes. Yes. And by I, I don't mean eyes you see with the I, like the letter I, Me. myself. Yeah, yeah. And that we're all made up of a multitude of biases, desires, impulses, and all of that. How important would you place just being aware of that or thinking with those terms? You have to. You have to become conscious that you're a multiplicity. You know, so you have many people or many desires, and each desire is a different you. Part of you wants to do this. Part of you wants to do that. Now, people don't talk like that. People say, no, I want to quit smoking. Okay, great. But who's the guy who smokes the cigarette? then at two o'clock in the morning when no one's watching. Is that still you? Right. Because if it's still you, then uh, I'm not sure you're understanding what, what it means when you say you don't want to, right? So the reality is we have multiple eyes, right? And um, some, you know, write checks that the other ones don't want to cash. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to do that. So you have a conflict inside and, that conflict is uh, is was wh- how we break promises, even to ourselves. So you have to have a formula. You have to have a way. You can't just want it. If if, if wanting it did it, then everyone would would be successful. And not every formula works for everyone, because if it was that simple, someone would just put out that formula, and then everyone would solve their their problems. So it's not that simple either. In most cases, it's going to be in some way, custom built for you by you, right? But we can help out with it. And that basic template is something you're going to take and you're going to modify it. So if you're like, hey, I'm going to do thoughts, words, and deeds. I'm going to go backwards. And I smoke two packs a day. Here's what I'm going to do. I get a pack of cigarettes. I'm going to take half of them. I'm going to throw them away. And I'm going to smoke it just like 
Then I'll smoke the rest, just like I do. Then I'll smoke, I'll throw everything away but two cigarettes. And I'll smoke those two cigarettes whenever I want to. But that's what I got. I got two cigarettes. And then I throw one of them away. And this could be a week later. Could be two weeks later. I don't, you know, it's whatever, it's it's your program. But you have to have a program. You can't just say you want to do it and just wing it. There needs to be a formula. And the formula can be, has to be based on thoughts, words, and deeds, because that's how habits are made and habits are unmade, right? As long as you follow that path, but make the formula something that will work for you. And you have to decide, you know, that's why I hear you talk about your cheat meals and stuff. That's a great way to do it. If you do that, it's you can no go for a cheat ever. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's not really a cheat meal. Right. It's part of my it's program. part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I have found that deviating from a set course that I'm on mm-hmm. will make that course almost impossible. Right. And so when I'm really realistic with myself about what my capabilities are, if I know I'm going to arrive at Thanksgiving or whatever holiday, or Mm -hmm. it's just going to be Sunday and I want to eat chicken wings and I know that that's going to be a real powerful thing, then I'm going to build that into my plans so that it's no longer a deviation. Right. And I will try to do stuff to mitigate it too. I might try to exercise a little bit more Mm -hmm. that day, but whatever it is, it's not going to be done compulsively. Right. And uh, if it's something you're trying to stop completely, you know, Food is different because you can stop, you know, you can stop smoking and you're good. But if you stop eating, uh, you're, you're going to die. Right. So it's going to be a modification. Right? You're not going to quit eating. You're going to quit eating a certain way. Yeah. So it's different with food. It's, it's, a, it's a maybe a more difficult thing to look at, you know, as far as a challenge. But all challenges with the right formula can be overcome. Yeah the right right plan so that's what you want to be looking at so thoughts words and deeds is very valuable um for that and that can be you know once again this is like historical stuff from from the buddha it can be researched and you can you can look at a lot of the writings on it so it's out there it's not uh unique to us but another thing that you talk about and this is largely focused on combatives Mm -hmm. is mindset and i think mindset plays a big part also in achieving any goal. It, it is. It is a big part. It's, it's how I think about it, you know. We talk about stuff like readiness, you know. Uh, what does it mean to be ready for anything? And uh, that would fit into what we're what you're looking at as well. 100%. If, if, I, if I decide tomorrow I'm going to eat keto and I wake up and I have no olive oil, avocados, meat. Right. That's not there. And then I don't go to the store and buy those things. Mm -hmm. I've kind of failed at what I decided I was going to do. Right. So I think readiness plays a big part in all of this. I'm going to go on a diet, and and then that's the end of my preparation. Right. I'm not ready. Yeah. And and when we talk about readiness, readiness is a formula in in our system. And readiness is defined by awareness, willingness and preparedness. So those three areas, each of those three areas must be balanced and must exist in your form, in in your formula for what you're doing. So awareness is all of your knowledge about what you want to accomplish. It's your knowledge of self. It's your ability to pick up uh, situational status, you know, hear, see, smell. All of the senses are involved in awareness, but also situational awareness, my understanding of things, my abstract awareness, my ability to imagine things that are not in front of me but are pertinent to what I'm doing, whatever my mission is. Your awareness has to be there. If it's missing, you're not ready. The next part of readiness that needs to be looked at is willingness. So willingness is all of the emotional desire that is part of what I want to do, my mission. It is the questions of um, consequences, you know. Hey, you want this thing, this mission to be accomplished. Are you willing to pay the price to get it? That has to be asked and answered. And all of the various prices that are to be paid, because it's not going to be just one. It's going to be many different areas. Time, potential Injury, consequences, you know, when you talk about combatives, there's all kinds of consequences. So anything that we're doing, there are prices to be paid 
And are you willing to go through that to get this? And how important is it to really posit or mock up the potentialities that you could encounter to get your willingness ready? Like You have to be visualizing every aspect of it and every second and third order effect. So first order effects obviously are easy because they come directly from what you're doing. But there are second order effects and third order effects that need to be understood before you even go down, before you're ready. If you don't understand second and third order effects, you're not ready, right? You need to ask yourself the question, if this, then that, hey, am I willing to do this? Because if that happens, then this. And if that happens, then this. And that's all part of it, you know? It's like, um, you know, everyone's willing, they, they might say first order effect is, is I'm not going to eat what I want to eat. Okay. You willing to do that? Well, yeah, that's part of the diet. Okay, good. Second order effect is you're an asshole to your wife because you're hungry and uh, that affects your relationship. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, so either find a way not to be grumpy or, you know, read her in and say, hey, I'm going on this diet and I'm probably going to be an asshole for a while. Um, is it worth it? And she'll be like, of course. Like, Let's let's do it. I understand what's going on. That's fine. You know, I understand you're you're not going to be in the best of moods. We'll work on that. We'll figure it out. Okay. You know, second, third order effects. Like what's what's the second and third order effects of whatever you're trying to do? You know, we talk about people who are going to go downrange, people who are going to be in situations where people are getting their heads blown off or throats cut or whatever. Second and third order effects of that, you know, you get some blood on you. It, there could be legal problems. There could be you know, you lose your eyesight, your limbs. Are you ready for that? Yep. Okay, good. Good thing you've asked and answered those questions before we go and do something. But dieting or overcoming any kind of challenge has some aspect of willingness that has to be talked about because there is going to be a willingness part of it. The last part is preparedness. So it's awareness, willingness, preparedness. Preparedness is, have you done all the physical, do you have the right food? Do you have all of the, the, the stuff that you need to do what you need to do? What's your preparedness like? Hey, are you ready to, um, you know, some things have to be prepared a certain way as far as cooking, uh, as far as, uh, you know, how often you do your, your shopping. There's all kinds of things that need to be done and you need to physically go and get all that prepped and and make sure you have it all. I would say as of today, I very rarely will cook myself or, or prepare my food that I'm going to eat in that moment. Very rarely breakfast usually because it's like yogurt and a banana, but the rest of the day's food is ready and I just have to pick it up and eat it. Right. And the days that I have neglected to do that are harder days for me. Yes. And preparedness. So preparedness has to be there. You have to go through all the very mundane physical preparation for accomplishing your mission. Yeah. So awareness, understand, have a mental capability of what's going on. 
willingness, have an emotional capability of what's going on. Are you ready emotionally to handle what's going on? And preparedness is physical, right? So in martial arts, we talk about the mind, body, and spirit, right? So the mind is your awareness, your body is preparedness, and your spirit is your willingness. So mind, body, and spirit is all what everyone is made up of. Right. There's nothing else. So awareness, willingness, and preparedness are the three areas. Um, and you're not ready until you have all of those taken care of. And so why why talk about it? Like why why even make the list or or you know? Well, once we define the terms, once we define what those areas are, you can now take a personal assessment of what's going on. Are you ready? Well, let me check because it's not. Are you ready? Yeah, I was born ready. No, you weren't. There's a there's a checklist. There's a formula. You can check each one of those areas. You can investigate. And when you find a deficit, you can fix it. If we don't define it, how are we fixing it? We don't know what's going on. You're ready. You don't know. This is a way for you to make changes. If you don't define the terms, you can't make any changes. You don't even know what you're talking about. Right. And do you think like the idea of the thousand eyes, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. Robert Sapolsky would try to define it more in biological terms and say it's hormones and microbiomes that are causing these different impulses. But I think I actually prefer the idea of a thousand eyes. Like there is a version of me Mm -hmm. that wants to go eat Carl's Jr. right now. Sure. The version of me that decided not to do that is going to win. Right. That I, that ego, right. overcame the ego that wanted to go. Now, as long as you keep that ego stronger, right, that person, which is you, but you're arguing with yourself about what you want to do, how do you bolster? How do you strengthen but I mean, but I even the think I that you want to win? Even confronting the fact that, that you have that those those dichotomies sure. exist within me, I think is important. It's, it, it, the awareness of that, if, until people are aware that they have multiple selves, that these people are constantly in conflict, and it's it's you in conflict with you, if you don't even come to that realization, that mindset, uh, you can't even begin to start to combat it. I think you can actively and analytically place value on these selves and go, yeah, like this self has won in the past. It's not going to win this time. I'm going to make sure whether and by, this is how I'm going to make sure. Right. Have some formula for that. I think the uh, instinct for me for the longest time was denying that yes. that was a real part of me. For everyone. Yeah. For so everyone. I would just go like, no, this is the only real me. And still I've got this voice in my head going, no, you want in and out. Right. And we, and we have to understand that the multiple eyes, the multiple egos are... Um, are, are seen everywhere. I mean, every desire, every thought, everything that happens to you calls to a different one, right? And it happens, it's not like you have two, you have thousands. Right. Everything that changes in your life, you have a good day, a bad day, why? What'd you have a good day for? Was the weather nice? Was the weather, That's a different eye that is interacting with that stimulus, that desire. So there's, there's numerous use, you know. And there there are probably situations that you could actively see that could be bolstering for some of the eyes that you want to beat. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. And and also most of the ones that it's not like there's one good one and everyone else is bad. Right. There's the right one for the right job. And we we talk about having multiple personalities or multiple filters or multiple hats that we wear because every challenge that needs to be met it is optimized to meet him with the right version of you, right? So if you're driving down the road and your car stops working, right? Sputters, you roll off to the side of the road, your car's not not working. If you have a part of you, like, you know, who who gets out and looks under the hood? Because if you're a brother to someone, a son to someone, a father to someone, you're a an actor, you're a, a weightlifter, a fighter, a martial artist. Well, who who gets up and looks under the hood? None of those guys. Right. The guy you want looking under the hood is the mechanic, right? So if you have a part of you which has developed uh, an understanding of how cars work, that hat immediately goes on. And you get out and you look at the problem through the filter of your mechanic personality. Now, some people don't have a mechanic personality. They've never developed it. 
They don't own one. They get out and whatever the best personality that they have, whatever the best persona that they can call to the front is the person who's there. So we have multiple personas and, you know, they're not, they're just bad for the job that's here. They're not bad. Like one's not better than the other. They're right tool for the right job. So develop these different personas. If you think that you need that persona, but you don't own it, develop it. Yeah. Have that person build that persona. You, you have a kid, right? If soon as you have a kid for the first time, the very first kid, you probably don't have a father persona before that, but you'll get one. It's going to happen. And then that will become a developed persona that you own. And when it's the right time to bring that guy to the forefront and have him make decisions, that's who comes up. Right. And the father so, hat goes on and you start to you know do the right thing. If we use uh, some kind of an eating program mm -hmm. as the persona that needs to be developed, the idea that would be to continuously develop that persona and then in a time where some other persona comes, like yep. the glutton persona comes up and yep. goes, hey, we're going to do this thing over yeah. here, the eating persona needs to win out. That's right. And also multiple personas, like you could have part of your persona who now is a nutritionist. Right. There are people who go on diets and don't have that persona at all. Yeah. They go on diets and they're horrible diets. And then someone starts to study, talk to people, and they start to build like part of their medical persona is nutritionist. And they, they read and they learn. And now they become, they have that persona. That person can start asking and answering questions of whatever's going on. And they begin to become more, more intelligent about how they make decisions. But it's only until they build that persona that they can do it because if they don't have it, they don't have it. Right. I mean, I grew up wrestling and we put on the rubber suits and didn't, you know, chew tobacco, put on a rubber suit, spit in a cup and, and ran for 10 hours to drop weight. Very unhealthy. Right. And, uh, you know, we did that for, I did that for years, but that when I was growing up, that's what wrestlers did. Yeah. So all of these people within us need to be built, and we need to have the right guy up front when that person is needed. And all of that begins with step one, which is awareness. Just yes. figuring all of that out, answering those questions yep. for yourself. Yep. And willingness is putting in the time, and preparedness is actually studying. Preparedness is the act of going out and researching and getting on the internet and reading the right books and going to meet people and talking to them. Like that's preparedness. That's, that's the physical act of becoming prepared. Right. Willingness is, Hey, am I going to go through all this? Is this, is this worth it to me? What are the bad byproducts? What are the good byproducts of me doing this? Do your cost benefit analysis and figure out if you want to do it. And awareness is all the mental attributes, all of the decision-making, the understanding, the brain power behind it. So you're not ready until you have all three of those taken care of. Yeah. What about Frozen Lake? Right. So that's a really important one. And, you know, there are a lot of things in life that, um, that you're overcoming that are vices, that are desires. And some of them, you know, overeating can definitely be one. But drug use, drugs, alcohol, whatever vice you may have, you know, we talk about primary security and secondary security protocols, and we talk about the difference between primary security and secondary security. Well, secondary security is what most people, we talk about secondary security, and it's what most people think is primary security, right? It's, it's a security against crime and fire and all the accidents that can happen and befall someone. And why do I have locks on my front door? That's, they're all secondary. Right. Primary, and the reason we call it primary, is most likely your life will be ruined in one of these ways. Your life probably won't be ruined by a carjacker. I mean, it could, but probably not. Primarily, your life will be ruined by you making a bad decision when it has to do with money, relationships, power, health, or faith, right? So lack of faith, lack of some type of guidance, some type of code, some type of uh, a way of navigating through the world and, and sticking to your, to your moral code. Uh, health, obviously, is taking care of yourself. Power is the use and abuse of power. You have power in certain situations, certain jobs, certain status within those jobs. You abuse power 
you ruin your life in some way. Uh, relationships, that's as simple as, uh, you know, cheating on your, on your spouse, going out and uh, it's related to power, you know, abusing people in relationships uh, because of some, some power struggle, but it's specifically in relationships. And money is, uh, is just what it is. You ruining your life because you're looking to get money. And you're stabbing people in the back and you're doing things that morally are reprehensible to yourself, but you can't keep yourself from going after the money, right? So when we talk about Frozen Lake, we're in referencing those primary security pitfalls, the areas that people ruin their life and understand that it's primary because most likely this is how people ruin their life. Not with a house fire, not by getting robbed and shot, but but by cheating on their wife, getting a divorce, not seeing their kids. So Frozen Lake is uh, is once again similar to 24-hour clone, kill your clone. It's a, uh, a visualization exercise and allows us to put ourselves in a position that very, very simply explains the idea of putting yourself in a situation knowingly or, let's say, by your own motion. Uh, that will destroy you and will destroy potentially people around you as well. So frozen lake is this. I usually have people close their eyes and imagine a frozen wasteland, a barren frozen wasteland, just pretty much white in every direction and uh, snow-covered plains, that kind of thing, Um, drifts of snow. But you're moving through this frozen wasteland And suddenly in the distance, you see a thing. That thing that you see in the distance, you recognize as you get closer, is the thing that you want the most in the world. It's it's just sitting right out there. This is the thing that I want more than anything. I need to get this. It is by far the most important thing in your vision because it's just a frozen wasteland. There's nothing else here. And that is something which is very, very, very important to you. Okay, so what are you going to do? The most important thing in the world to you, you're going to go for it. You're going to walk right towards it. You're going to look to reach out and obtain it. You're going to, you're going to take that thing. It's the most important thing to you. And you walk right out onto a frozen lake and the ice is thin and it begins to crack under your feet. You won't even hear it. You'll just keep going. Because you're obsessed with that thing, which you are, which is the most important thing to you. And you're going to, you're not even going to obtain it. You're going to go through the ice and and that will be the end. Now, if you're walking arm in arm with your family and you take them out onto the frozen lake, they all go in too. Now you could be walking along and someone else could be with you and they could watch this happen. They could watch you lock on to that thing and begin to be drawn to it almost like a magnet, but your feet are moving and you are you can't stop. Now the person next to you could go, "Hey, yo, stop, stop. You're you're on the ice. Don't you see you're on the ice?" The typical response of someone who's on a frozen lake will be like, "I got it. I'm good. Shh, don't bother me. Can't you see I'm busy?" And they'll be like, "Hey, you're going to fall through the ice. I got it. Don't worry, I'm good. Leave me alone. I need I need to do this." Now, this obviously the scene, it represents someone who is fixated on something in their life, which is unhealthy in most cases, but they can't stop themselves from going for it. They want it so badly that they can't, they have no control over the other pitfalls. In fact, even realizing that they are not going to get it, you know, and that thing in the middle of the lake could be a pile of heroin, could be a, a sports car with a supermodel in it, could be, you know, a bottle Jack Daniels, who knows? Somebody who's overly fixated with how they look. Sure. Body dysmorphia. Yes. I often think of that in terms of the analogies. I remember when I was 220 pounds and I'm 260 now and much happier with myself. Mm-hmm. But at 220, I still felt fat and yeah. I was still really determined to lose weight. Right. To other people, the fixation on this thing may seem crazy, like, oh, he's walking out on the ice. Doesn't he see his feet are already wet? There's cracking of the, like, doesn't he realize that? Uh, but they're not going to because the vision of what they have 
is different from what other people see, right? So, so people say, okay, well, how do you know when you're on the frozen lake? Well, by yourself, you'll never know because it looks to you like you can just go get it by definition, right? If you see a frozen lake, then you, it's not your frozen lake. Right. You don't go for it. You're like, oh, I, I can't get it. It's on the ice. It's by definition, you won't see that. You'll walk out thinking that you can get it. In fact, it's the only thing you're thinking about. So how do you combat it? How do you fight against these situations in our life? Some people may not even run into something, one of the frozen lakes in their life. They, they just don't put themselves in the temptation or they don't have those frozen lakes. Like the more vices you have, the more frozen lakes you have. How do you fight against it? What's the formula for not falling through the ice is tribe. You have to have a group of people who love you and you love, and they understand your frozen lakes, like they know you that well. You have to make a pact with them and say, hey, I know I won't see my frozen lake. I know I'll walk onto the ice. That's the definition of it. And I'm a human being just like everybody else. So do me a favor. When you see me on the lake, tell me. Tell me I'm on the lake. And I swear to you right now, if you tell me I'm on a frozen lake, I will just listen to your direction. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I will not trust myself anymore. I'll trust only you. If you say to me, hey, you're on your lake, I'll be like, all right, what do I do? Turn around, walk the other direction. That's what I do. So what you do is you take the list of things that that could be, because it's not like it's only one thing. It's whatever's on the list that's right in front of you. I could have 10 frozen lakes, right? The other nine are not seen. They're not here right now. Number 10 is here. So right now, that's my frozen lake. What I need to do is I need to make tribe, my sense of tribe, my my extended family and friends, and what I call my tribe. I need to make that my frozen lake. That is the most important thing to me. Number two can be whatever. Number three can be whatever. I can have 10 frozen lakes but it's two through 11, right? Number one, the most important thing in the world to me has to be tribe. If that's the case, they'll always be able to trump whatever I have there. Right. So whatever I want in the middle of the lake, if if one of my tribe members says, stop what you're doing, do you hear, do you hear it? Hear what? The ice cracking. You don't hear the ice cracking? Oh, okay. I'm on my lake. Yeah, you need to stop what you're doing. You need to put it down. You need to come with me. Okay, I make a oath to myself and an oath to my tribe that I will listen to them in that situation without question. Yeah, I think my experience with this more often than not has been with interventions. Mm-hmm. And I had never considered it in those terms. And so when it happened and my closest friends sat me down and said, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hear them. Right. So I think ahead of time you need to make the oath. Right. I think because that's you, it's too late now. Yeah. You know when you're when you're already ankle deep in water and you're and you're walking out there and you've never considered once no. that this is a possibility. Right. It's the same thing as the multiple eyes. Right. You have to wake up to the idea that this is a truth. If you don't accept that, we don't even have the conversation. Right. We don't even start the conversation. You need to understand that you are you are fallible. You are human. Here are the aspects of being human, right? You're going to have multiple eyes, multiple egos. You will have things that will cause you to do things which don't seem to make sense to anyone else, but they make sense to you. There are trappings. There are emotional things, you know, money, relationships, power. These are things that are going to destroy. The average person is going to ruin their life in one of these areas. And, and you know, it can happen to you. So come to that realization first in some sense. Make the oaths. Put the formulas in place. Have the templates built so that when the day comes and I need it, everything's there. And part of that is having the conversation with somebody. Have to. That you're basically turning over that potential power to them. And, and saying, they are to you. Right. Because we probably don't have the same frozen lakes. Right. The worst thing is you get five guys together who all have the same frozen lake. Nobody can see it. That's a problem. Like, hey, if you all like to rob banks, hey, I'm thinking about robbing a bank. Okay, I'm in. Right. All of a sudden, that's a problem. Right. You need to have one guy go, hey, that's stupid. Don't do that. Right. You know? But so you have to be careful who you hang out with, right? 
you have to make sure that you counter everyone's frozen lakes right. and you have to be aware of them. You know, like for instance, I like to compete when I gamble to me, it's a competition. So I used to work doing, um, training security at casinos. So their, their head of security would bring me in and they would pay me to train their security teams. And I would train the bouncers and I would train uh, different people. And, and uh, me and a friend of mine, Eric Scheffler, used to go in and train all the security guys. And we would go down to casino and we'd be down there for three or four days training these guys. But we would get paid up front. That's smart, especially with me. Yeah. Because then I would go to the casinos and I would I would spend all of the money that they gave me before I even finished the training. Yeah. I'd take nothing home with me. But nowadays, you know, uh, but to me, it was all competition. I need to win. If I lost, I need to win. I need to, I need to get that back. I need to win. So it's my frozen lake, you know, ultra competitive. And the people who are closest to me that I hang out with, they all know that, right? I just got back from SHOT Show out in Vegas. I'm walking through the casinos. I'm walking through with guys who know me. As soon as I start to deviate off, they're like, they're grabbing my arm like, whoop. What are you doing? And they're in the tribe. They're my tribe members. You know, they're they're my brothers. So I can't just blow them off. I can't just say, hey, mind your own business. Uh, that's not how it works. I've already taken an oath to my tribe, and it's more important to me than anything else. Even my competitiveness is does not trump my love for the tribe. So they they already know what my weakness is, and they are on top of it. I can't do anything sideways, you know. So you have to have those conversations. Like you said, you have to have those conversations. You have to know each other. You have to believe in the formulas. You have to understand that, that all this stuff exists and have those conversations and then put this stuff in place and you, you'll be fine. The thing that I've taken away more than anything from this is the amount of inner reflection that is really, really necessary it to set lot. yourself up to succeed. Yeah. Self-assessment is for the first part of it. Really learn about yourself. Are you ready? Do you know what it means to be ready? Uh, do you understand second, uh, primary and secondary security protocol? Are you willing to have those conversations? Because the more of those conversations you have, the more painful it is. When you find out, I, I'm just talking from experience, but when I find out that I'm not as strong as I thought I was, that I had these flaws that, that you know, when I was young, I was like, that's for other people. No, you're a human being just like everybody else. And that's painful. You know, some people don't want to talk about it. And when I was young, I didn't want to. I wanted to make believe that that didn't apply to me. Right. And it, as long as you do that, you'll be weak. You'll be weak as long as you make believe that you're strong because you don't get any stronger. If you think you're strong already, what are you doing? Right. You're not going anywhere. You need to have a steady progression, and we call it, we say climb the ladder of strength. It's not that you're somewhere on the ladder. It's not you don't have to be at the top of the ladder because no one's always at the top of anything. What you want is a constant climbing towards strength, and that's that's killing your clone and everything that encompasses that. You need to be climbing the ladder, and if you think you've you're already at the top, you're not climbing. Yeah, you have to understand that you're that you're, you're immortal. Yeah. And, and I also think that you can make these assessments at any time. You can. I'm yeah. a strong guy. I don't really care about the amount of weight I can lift, but I do know that every time I've had the thought of like really making an increase, the first thing I do is go, well, I'm going to work on form and that means lifting lighter. Yeah. And so, you know, I have to make that adjustment and then gradually go up. That's right. But yeah. it's it's really all a part of like figuring out what my capabilities are and what I can do and how I can build on them. Right. And that's your awareness who do, that does that for you. Your awareness of how to lift, what is the actual formulas that work, right? And then you got to get to the gym. So that's your preparedness. Your willingness is, are you willing to go? And, uh, but you're right. That's, that assessment needs to be made. If you if you're not honest with yourself, how do you really become better? I mean, you can't. Right. You know, you're you're always going to be a fake. You know, so you have to be honest with yourself. And often, at least for me, honesty is pain. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you got to be ready to, you know, 
Yeah, yeah. I don't find that when I open that door and I'm really not bullshitting myself yeah. that I'm often like pleasantly surprised. No, it's usually right. the other way. It's usually disappointing. Yeah. And then from that point of disappointment, I have to reassess my willingness. Yes. Because it it actually usually is more work than I ever imagined. And all of this is constantly done. It's never really finished. Like your readiness is not done. You're working on willingness, you're working on awareness, you're working on preparedness, and it constantly needs to be reassessed. And this is what it means to be, to me, a capable, functioning adult. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have mastered any of this. I, I haven't. I mean, I've been teaching for 30 years now, martial arts, and I have not mastered it. And I'm just, I'm probably just a slow learner, but <laughs> the thing is, it is a constant challenge and it needs to be done and you know once you solve one thing you're going you've got something else to work on so but mindset is what's going to allow give me the tools to work on it if, right. without the mindset you're really winging it and that's no way to to really overcome any kind of real challenge you know you need to have the right mindset and and, and all the, the the formula that goes along with it so, yeah white knuckles and hope yeah, are no way to, not a plan to accomplish yeah. anything right yeah yeah and planning for when the plan fails is important. And that's another thing. That's another thing is the first casualty of every battle is the battle plan. But what we want to do is have parallel plans. And we start with parallel plans all working towards the goal. Now, you can start off with whatever plan, one of those parallel plans that you think was the best. It might be resource uh, driven, you know, the, the least resources or whatever, but I'm going to have multiple parallel plans running simultaneously. And when one begins to look like it's not going to work before it fails, I'm going to make a lateral shift onto another track. And that track is a parallel plan that's been developed from the beginning, right? It's not a backup plan. A backup plan starts when one fails. That's too late. You're on a plan. You have parallel plans running and be, when you see the end of the line shortly up ahead, just jump onto another track and continue towards the mission. If you build parallel plans with everything you do, you run formulas like what we've talked about. You have the mindset, which is focused on the proper goals, right? Not a rah-rah cheerleader mindset of like, let's go get them, team. That's not mindset, right? Mindset is proper way of thinking, which is all the stuff that we're talking about. Uh, you can accomplish whatever you need to accomplish. Like you can become a master at any endeavor you want to to put your to put your effort into. It merely is a choice at that point. Now the choice has to be made with some sense of reality, uh, some one some sense of functionality. You know, I'm never playing in the NBA, so you know. But you could improve your basketball game. You could right, and so reality still has a vote, but. You can accomplish much more than you think in most cases with all of this mindset put into place. Yeah. The structure for success. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing this with us. Here's a question we got at AmericanGlutton.net. This question comes from Sean. He says, I was curious if you could cover weight loss surgeries on a podcast for those of us who use that tool. I respect the fact that you acknowledge each person's own weight loss as a private journey and feel that weight loss surgeries get a negative connotation in weight loss discussions. What a great question, Sean. I hadn't actually considered doing that, but I think I will. You know, I, I think that any any tool that somebody is, uses successfully to achieve a goal is a very valid tool. So I will track down either a doctor or somebody who's undergone that surgery and try to get them to come on and talk about it. Thank you for the question, Sean. If you have a question, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Also like and subscribe and give us all the accolades you feel comfortable giving. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 